to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's show, we're going to be joined by our guest and our co-host here. We're going to be joined by Wesley Perkins and Jonas Clark. And what we're going to be talking about is the news that broke out earlier today. And that is that the San Antonio Spurs and Damari Carroll have agreed to a buyout. And we're going to get into that. And we're also going to get into a lot more because we're going to ask the question after we discuss this buyout situation. What does this buyout really do for the Spurs as far as the message that it sends to the rest of the league moving forward? I mean, first of all, we had, what, LaMarcus Aldridge, he asked for a trade. Then we had the Deuce, you know, Wesley's good friend, Kawhi Leonard, asked for a trade. Then we have Damari Carroll, who we've all known has been a little bit upset about his playing time and his uh, time being delegated to the bench. Uh, the Spurs brought him in because he is a 3 and D player. However, he has not seen any significant minutes. And he was the fifth highest, played, highest paid player on this team. So there's a lot of questions, a lot of things that need to be answered. So before we go ahead and go any further, let's go ahead and start with you, uh, Jonas Clark. What was your take on this whole debacle that uh, broke out earlier today? Well, it's about damn time is really really the kind of <laughs> way I sit with it. Hey, I mean, look, Damari hasn't played in at least two months. I can't tell you the last time he was in a, in a game. And um, he didn't even make the rodeo road trip um, to, to sit behind the bench in street clothes. And ever since the calendar turned over to 2020, uh, he's really kind of been pushing for for trying to leave uh, his camp had, had expressed that they wanted to be traded before the deadline. Um, obviously we we've all seen his, his interactions on Twitter where he's been posting a lot of just, you know, seems like seemingly like self affirmations of trying to stay positive. And of course we get the latest one today um, in light of this news, all caps uh, like everything else has been stay positive, keep grinding DC um, DC for Damari Carroll. Uh, it's it's just about end time, and and I'm sure we'll get into it. The real thing that that bothers me, guys, is that we didn't get anything for a player that wanted out. Yep, wanted out. We've known this for going on a month and a half now. Um, he hasn't played or gotten any time since since 2019. Um. <clears throat> And, and and it's it's a waste. It's a complete waste. And now we're eating some 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 cap money uh, over the next three years, which is something that uh, a recent trend of the Spurs that has has really hurt us in the free agent market. But I think that when you and that's one of the big things, and I know it's on your agenda here, Joe, is at least cutting him today, taking that hit, saves some face for the Spurs moving forward. Uh, as we approach this off season, because if we would have done him wrong and kept him for the entire season, not uh, not giving him an opportunity to really sign with another team um, and play play this year in his career, put more on tape, um, that would have been really dirty, and and that would have hurt us going in trying to acquire other talent or even keep one Demar Derozan on our roster uh, if that is in fact what the Spurs want to do. Uh, handling the Damari situation by just wasting his year, I think really would have done disservice 
to the Spurs in terms of keeping DeMar. Yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of see that, you know, but at the end of the day, the thing is, is we brought this guy in because he can play defense <laughs> and he can shoot the three. Right. That's a position that we're sorely lacking in. The, the <laughs> exactly. problem is you have a guy that can Just help you bit. fill that exact position, but instead <clears throat> you roll out trash ass Marco Beninelli who can't guard <laughs> a freaking dead corpse out there, you know, on the court. <laughs> He's going to block you again. Don't him, Joe. I don't give a damn. And he can't even shoot. He can't even shoot a three. You know, and then the hell with Marco, man, because you know what? That son of a bitch was flexing over the All-Star weekend. He goes and unblocks everybody he blocked just to go ahead and block us again. So F that dude, man. I'm done with him. You know, he can leave. But, you know, I just felt bad for Damari Carroll. At the end of the day, the guy was uh, the ultimate professional. He would go in there. He was working out. Sometimes he would work out twice a day. He would practice with the team. He did everything he needed to do to remain ready to go ahead and be inserted into the game whenever the team needed him. However, he was quick to point out over the All-Star weekend, I believe it was Tom Orsborne of the Express News who broke the story, that he actually had a conversation and, and talked about Damari Carroll's situation. He said, as far as Coach Pop goes, that he had a great relationship with him when it came to talking about personable things you know as far as life in general but as far as the basketball situation there was just a disconnect there you know they didn't come they didn't see eye to eye in that situation so you know i I wish the guy nothing but the best the spurs are going to take a hit i'm looking at the stats right now these are provided by paul garcia over at project spurs our good friends over there michael de leon and Stephen a Stephen anderson and benjamin bornstein they all do a great job uh some of the numbers that he threw out here, I'm going to go ahead and find them. He said we're going to owe, uh, believe Damari Carroll, somewhere around the neighborhood of $6.65 million for next season. And then for the 2021 through 2022 situa- uh, season, we're going to have to pay him $1.35 million. You know? And I believe we're still on the, on the bill for paying Paul Gasol because this is his final year of his contract that we's owed money from the San Antonio Spurs. So it's just it's just bad decisions that the Spurs have been making over the course of the last couple of seasons that I think is really going to hold them back from really wanting to go after any free agents. And not only that, but here's the thing that I'm going to ask you, Wesley. Given all this situation and how it's unfolded, and, you know, of course, in the local media here in the national media, what kind of message does this send to other big name free agents out there about coming to play with the San Antonio Spurs? What kind of message does this send to the rest of the league? Huh. What kind of message? Uh, it gives the message that the Spurs mystique is kind of done, uh, at least for the time being. Just fast, you know. Let's 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 backtrack a little bit. Let's go back to two, 2014 uh, title winning Spurs team. You had players that would come on for next to nothing to play for this team. And, yes, there is a difference between a title contending Spurs team and the one now. But you had, you know, even back in the day, you had a uh, an older Michael Finley that came on to the Spurs to finish his career. You had a Boris Diaw who came to team up here and did a great job. And now you know, we have an aging Rudy Gay. Yes, exactly. So you, you've you've had this kind of thing happen before, but the difference is, is that the gap in the middle – 
happens to be the fact that, again, I, I know we brought this up and everybody knows this is true. All you have to do is watch last night's All-Star game. When the deuce crapped all over our team, it left a huge <laughs> void. I mean, it did. But he Let's did win honest. the MVP, so he did play good. He did. And he's a, he's a heck of a player. There's no doubt about it. But the more time that goes on, Joe and, and Jonas, I, I kind of feel like the Spurs have really screwed themselves. For all of the years of the mystique of the Spurs' perfect system, they find players that nobody else can. They make deals and get people for the cheap to come to this city to, to play you know, championship-level basketball. Of late, it's been one blunder after another. And I, I really feel like when you look at that $10 million that you're going to owe just about for Damari, when you look at the $5 million for Paul Gasol, what are you going to pay for, when you get Lonnie Walker off of his three-year contract? What are you going to pay Luka Samanich? What are you going to pay Keldon Johnson? What are you going to pay Derek White? Yeah, what Derek are you gonna White pay? is coming off of his rookie contract. Yep. What are you going to pay Jakob Pertl? So we're talking not only, guys, about the bad decisions of, of not getting anything back for Damari, but you're eating money that this franchise cannot afford to eat. They, you know, any other franchise that, that's in the top, you know, bill, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers or you're the New York Knicks or whoever, you're not afraid to go over the, the threshold. You're, you're, you're going to take a penalty and take that luxury tax, whatever the case may be. The Spurs cannot afford to do that. And the thing about this is that you have all these young pieces, but who's to say we're not training them right now so that they can go to a team that can afford to pay them big bucks? And that's yeah. what worries me the most right now. It's not Damari Carroll. It's not what we owe Pau Gasol. It's collectively that the the word is out now. Don't go to San Antonio. Maybe Pop has lost it. They don't. There's not the respect. Maybe people feel like he's an older coach. He's crotchety. He's not going to be the guy that gets them there anymore. And for whatever reason, you know, now that the big three is over, it's like everybody looks at San Antonio and says, nah, not there. And if yeah. the Spurs aren't careful, the, the, the parts they do have, and they've got a solid squad of young kids that are here, that are ready, that are going to be great going forward. But if they're not careful, they're going to push them out because they can't afford to keep them. Yeah, that is true. You know, but Jonas, I want to get your take on this whole thing. What kind of message does this send? to the rest of the league with this Damari Carroll situation? I think that it it saves face. It really does. This it by releasing him, like I said before, before uh, before um, the end of the season, before the deadline becomes too late to sign on with a playoff contending squad, this is critical. It was critical. Um, in, in terms of just preserving that opportunity, because I think that you'll still be able to to draw talent to San Antonio, especially you have a young core, um, a, a lot, a lot of youthful talent on cheap contracts. Now, you can go up and down. You know, we've got six free agents this year um, that are going to um, need a decision. Uh you got DeMar DeRozan, of course. He has his own player options. That one's really up to him. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, this one I think helps you. If the Spurs do want to re-sign DeMar DeRozan, this one helps you sign him. I don't think DeMar's going to sign anything shorter than a four-year deal because he's at the, that point in his career, but he's going needs to need to start putting away some guaranteed money um, for for his life after basketball. 
So it's going to be about a four-year deal. He doesn't want to end up in a Damari Carroll situation in year two or year three of that contract. And so that's why it was essential. Um, of course, you've got Marco Bellinelli. His deal's coming up this uh, this offseason. Bryn Forbes. Thank God. Um, his deal's <laughs> up at the end of the season, and you have to decide, therefore, uh, you know, Bryn Forbes is 24 years old, and he's a 40% career three-point shooter. Uh, do you bring him back, and what's that going to cost on the market in a three-point heavy NBA? And Wesley, I see you shaking your head, but if you let him go, where does your three-point production come from? And we're already talking about this conversation of of, of how the Damari Carroll situation impacts bringing in other free agents. So what kind of three-point shooter do you really think you can bring in that, and, and Damari Carroll, again, fits that bill? So what kind of three-point shooter do we think we can bring in as opposed to paying Bryn Forbes? So I think that that's a name that you really have to consider whether you want to show, and, and to, to your other point, Wesley, show these young guys that you're going to turn around and invest back into them. DeJounte was the first one to get that deal. Uh, Derek White and, and Lonnie uh, have been uh, secured through the end of next year. But they're going to need a decision made on them soon. So re-signing Bryn Forbes, I think, is actually a tactical move to show this youth movement we're willing to invest back into you. We're not expecting you to turn around and be, uh, you know, in, in, in Bryn Forbes' case, Steph Curry overnight. Because he does show potential for what he can do when he goes on three-point runs. But you've got to show that you're willing to allow them to develop and continue to develop. And I think that that's going to be an important one. Um, you've also got Jakob Pertl. He's a restricted free agent this season, this offseason. So you've got a decision to make on him, and that's going to really depend on what other teams are going to offer. Uh, Jakob, of course, he's an old-school big man so who really – I mean, he runs the pick-and-roll really well, but how much does he really help your floor spacing? Uh, we could pay – we could end up getting a decent deal on him. Um, and then uh, as I was sh- uh, sharing with Paul Garcia earlier of Project Spurs – uh, the two-way contracts of Quindary Weatherspoon, his was only a one-year deal, guys. So we have to make a decision on him. Um, I don't know that he's going to turn around and, and sign another G League contract next year or another two-way contract ne- uh, this offseason. And Drew Eubanks, a decision is going to be, need, need to be made on him. And again, losing Damari Carroll at that at that six foot nine, six foot eight kind of size body. Obviously, Drew Banks, Drew Eubanks doesn't have a three-point shot to his record. Um, there's actually a, an article I have coming out on him on Project Spurs tomorrow evening. But Shizeme uh, does. Shizeme is developing a three-point shot. Shizeme has it, but it, it's going to be he does. He's not one that needs a decision made on him. And so that when we're looking at these kinds of things, Damari Carroll and how that's going to impact this is all trickle-down stuff. You know, Steel Reagan, Reagan. It's like the trickle-down down economics, right? Well, this is this is kind of trickle down personal personnel management and, and and handling the emotions of all these players and and Damari Carroll showed you know he has he has a soft spot because he's been letting us see it all on Twitter and that's your modern NBA player and whether whether Pop's course approach is rubbing these players wrong or whatever this is kind of an insight to this offseason, and I think that they handled the situation the best at, at this moment, at this moment in time. Could they have handled it better before? 100%. But as it sits, 
And February 17th, after the trade deadline and after we're already this deep into the season, this is the best they could have handled the situation. I'm glad it happened today. Yeah, you know, it, it's it was something was going to happen. You know, that's the thing. It was time that something did take place and we move on from this Damari Carroll situation. It, it just didn't work out between the Spurs organization nor did it work out for Damari as well. Damari wanted to play. He still felt like he can contribute at a high level. I'm glad that both parties were amicable and found something that worked out for both of them. You know, now we just have to kind of move on from here and, and kind of, you know, learn and just let bygones be bygones. But it, it's strange now that we are hearing that the Rockets are the team that's going to possibly be the, the landing spot for Damari Carroll. The Spurs are going to go ahead and face the Rockets another time this season. It's just one of those things, you know, we, we let him Twice. go. We let him go, you know, of, car, of course, through the buyout. And then it, it's just ironic if he goes over there and, you know, like he drops 20 plus on the Spurs because it's kind of, yep. you know, one of those things. It's a revenge game. You always want to beat your former team. So I, I'm expecting something like that to happen. Maybe he's going to go off from behind the arc. Who knows? But I want to get to some of these comments from some of our viewers here. Uh, Sergio Lozano has been very vocal, as uh, has Tim Rodriguez. Tim Rodriguez on, on YouTube says, Joe, we handled this Carroll situation like ass. Okay. <laughs> that's his hmm. That's his prerogative. Very you know? true. Very that's true. That's his thing. Okay. Michael DeLeon says, remember Marco won the three-point contest with air balls. Uh, I'm not a, <laughs> not a fan of Marco. That's when he could actually still, sh still shoot the ball. That was Marco from 2014. The Marco we got now is just... A shell of himself. Sergio Lozano. It's not good. It's not a good look for the Spurs. And Doris Campanobasco on Facebook says, no one wants to play in the Spurs uniform unless he's a star. He will be benched more. Okay. And then we have, I hope I don't say his name incorrectly. It's Toshiro Mitsu. He says, we need defense. I agree. Karen Blanco says, hey, Joe, I believe it's time to call out Brian Wright. Since he took over, he's been ass. She's talking about the Spurs front office. Taking a little jab at, at the front office. All right. Well, you know, this Brian Wright really, realistically, isn't this his first season that he's actually taken over the operations, correct? It is. And, I mean, to that point, Joe, you kind of have to think, how much influence does he really have? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, let's, I, let's I don't know. be guys. honest. I don't know because, look, RC, when he did this full-time on his own, RC did not make this kind of mistake. I, I'm just saying. And I know RC's still behind all this. I know he is. I know he's still got a hand in all this. But you're talking about you're talking about a Marcus Morris situation where he shunned the Spurs. You got rid of a guy who dang near won the three point contest this year in Davis Bertans, and is basically I, I sat there the other night just shaking my head, going, "Go Davis, wish you were still here, buddy. Yeah. Miss you. Pour some and, out for Davis, know, man." <laughs> and then you've got. And then you've got the holdout with, with Tamara. And I agree with Jonas for right now. To, for what Damari deserves for his career, so he doesn't get held up any further, right move. Release him. Let him go and, and have a chance to play ball and not waste a, a year of his career. But for the Spurs, man, this is just like junk. This is something we've never seen this franchise look like. We've never seen them in this amount of time, in one year, just fumble and fumble and fumble and fumble. It, it just, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. And that's why I think that you know, it's doing more damage. We talk about free agents. 
dudes, I, I'm being real. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a pessimistic. I'm usually a very big optimist. I'm, I'm as optimistic as Chris Duell is usually, but I've got to tell you, I'm, man, I am just, I'm, I'm just all sorts of worried that this team is not going to be able to attract free agents here for a good number of years because of the damage that's been done over these last, you know, a couple of seasons. And especially this year, how are you going to go into a February when you could have easily taken a, a player? And, and, and I know what you're saying, Jonas, about like Bryn Forbes. You know, you're right. He is a, he is a career 40% three point shooter and, and a good one, but he's an undersized valued player. And, and you know, the three-point shooting guards in the league are a dime a dozen. You can go out and get somebody on the cheap. And I think Bryn's going to probably command a little bit bigger contract than the Spurs are going to want to pl- to pay him. i, I got to just say, though, that's part of the problem with this is that when you come up to the players that you have a decision to make on, you can't because you've screwed up so much that you've got nothing in return for Carroll. You've got nothing in return except the old old uh, contract that still has $5 million left on it with Paul Gasol. And, and you're still looking at a situation even with DeRozan, who, yes, is the star of the Spurs right now, but he controls his own destiny. And if he's, if he, even if he doesn't, they're going to have to shell out huge money. It's almost going to be an LMA kind of situation. Yeah, I'm so going to get I, to some more of these comments, Wesley. Go for it. Uh, yeah, Maxi says, I don't know if we can, I guess she puts, resist another season of Forbes and his atrocious defense. Okay, I, I can, I can see that. We all know Bryn Forbes, uh, best attribute is not starter at least yeah it's not not his defense it's more of his shooting you know when he can shoot the ball and fill that role quite well he is very productive in the Spurs system but he's just not been very consistent on any given night you know he has nights where he he's on he's shooting his threes he's he's knocking down shots and that actually helps the team quite a bit but in the absence of him doing that we see that they're the Spurs have some shortcomings from the offensive on the offensive end specifically when we see the 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 starting five not producing, uh, Mike Bartlett says Damari is only six foot six, dude, not six eight, not six nine. So whoever said that needs to get their facts straight. <laughs> uh, that, that was me, but I mean he's still, yeah. I'll I'll eat that. I'll eat okay. that. Okay. And Maxi says still size. And, <laughs> and Maxi <laughs> says and Carol will play a power forward in Houston. He will be guarded by Marco. So we will. So he will probably drop 150 <laughs> points. Uh, Lalisha Cunningham, what's up, Lalisha? Thank you so much for tuning in and watching, and thanks to everybody who's commenting and watching. We really appreciate the support. Really, we do. Uh, Lalisha says, "I'm happy that we we now have some closure as fans, and Damari can move on and can and he can contribute elsewhere." My sentiments exactly. Yes. Paul Garcia says. Joe, it is time we call out Brian Wright and his ass decisions. I, we already had somebody say that same thing. Lalisha says, gel with pop. Hmm. And Budo Money, dude, I love that tag name, man. That is amazing. <laughs> that guy needs to be given a badge for that. Budo Money, he says, and this way the Spurs keep losing. Pop needed to play Carroll at a small forward and bench Forbes. He sucks. <laughs> Jason Garcia says, <laughs> Can we call the Spurs taking uh, a Titanic? Okay. Uh, Refried Dreams, another great handle, man. I-, I love these guys' handles, man. Refried Dreams says, Why do you think Pop insists on playing Bell Nightly so much with how much of a defensive liability he is? Jason Garcia says, Yo, Joe. Yo, Jason. What's up? Michael H. says, Pop is setting is setting up the... I don't know. 
what the rest of that is, but okay. And that's all he put. Pop is setting up the, okay. But, you know, oh, Alicia says, Damari said he didn't gel with Pop. Yeah, we got into that. He didn't gel with Pop. We all understand that. You know, it, was just, it just was not a good fit uh, for whatever reason. And Michael H. says, Pop is setting up the Spurs for the first female head coach in the league. That's a, a, a possibility there, but we really don't know what's going to happen at this juncture. The thing that I'm, I'm kind of leery about is we want Becky Hammond to be the next head coach. A lot of Spurs fans do. But the longer that Coach Pop stays here, and let's say Becky starts receiving some offers from some other teams, she might get tired of waiting and just go ahead and take a position that's attractive to her and become a head coach of another NBA team and still make history and become the first female head coach in NBA history. It just might not be with us. So we have that's to kind of true. think about that, you know? That's true, Joe. And and to that comment, if if this is really Pop setting up Becky to be the first head coach, why would he tarnish the reputation on his way out? True enough. Right? So if Brian and 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 I would imagine that Brian Wright is not going to be in her front like Obviously, she doesn't control the front office, so Brian Wright's being there is not up to her. But I don't think that she would stick around if we're going to put all this blame on Brian Wright. I don't have the timeline in front of me. I can't remember exactly, guys, when Brian Wright signed on with the Spurs. I believe it was the middle of the summer. So at that point, Marcus Morris and Davis Bertans was already done. The Damari mm -hmm. Carroll stuff was starting to come down as done. So... What impact, or, or 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 at least developing? So, what impact did Brian Wright really have on these decisions? Was this R.C. Buford's last work before his promotion, or or things that he was wrapping up before his promotion um, and his new title before Brian Wright really took things over? Again, I'm speculating just because I do not have the timeline mm -hmm. in front of me. So mm -hmm. if I am 100% wrong and Brian Wright made these signings, you know, I, I apologize. But you would still want and expect that as CEO, R.C. Buford would still have some say in the decision making over his new GM and would not allow that to happen uh, if these were bad moves, if they were bad moves. So it's this still falls back on R.C. Buford, but moving forward with uh, Becky Hammond as head coach, this is not the way you want to handle things on your way out the door. You do not want to burn the free agent market. Now, is it such a bad thing? And I'm just going to step back here and, 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 and say that Spurs fans have an opportunity to get what they want here. And, 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 it, and it's, it's weird because we're really burning our reputation but, Wesley, what if we can't sign any free agents? What does that mean? It you means know what? It means that the youth movement starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's really what, yeah. it's really what that means. This and is, we've go already ahead. got cries. We've already got cries for it. Everybody's wanting to see it. Everybody's wanting to dump DeMar, dump LA, dump, dump anybody over the age of 27, and let's rebuild this thing. <laughs> so if we – I mean, this is one of those be careful what you ask for kind of yeah. deals because yeah, you that. could have this. And if we're already freaking out about the turmoil of this year, imagine what it's like moving forward, guys. 
Um, you know, I have my ear to Cleveland sports because a, that's where I'm from. B I'm an Indians fan and, and a Browns fan. I'm not a, I'm not a Cavs fan. I'm a Spurs fan, but the same news outlets. You have our was, condolences, uh, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But the, but the same news outlets up there report on the Cavaliers. So I see what comes across my radar and they're about to go through another head coach. They're sixth one in the last seven years or eight years. Because and, and this is a college guy that they brought in to work with their young roster and their young talent, and they can't get things to mesh. I I, I don't want to be that guy standing on the edge of the corner on the on the on the end of the corner of the street that that's saying that the you know the end is near. But if you continue if we continue down this path of of thinking that we need to make rash decisions that we need to rebuild as opposed to retool then yes, you will really see the crumbling of a dynasty because that's when you completely throw the baby out with the bathwater and try to restart from new, it's chaos. I've seen it time and time again with my other franchises, right? Cowboys fans, you at least have the consistency of Jerry Jones, one guy running the whole show. So you Kind of, like while he's not predictable, he's kind of predictable. Spurs fans, for 20 years, we've had consistency in the front office. So even though we might not always be able to understand the decisions they're making, we can kind of rely back and say, well, they at least have a track record. So this is maybe how they're going to behave. We're on, on uh, we are coming to the end times as it stands. Man, Jonas, you're acting like we're at the end of days, man. It's like the book of Revelations and stuff, man. <laughs> well, it, preach, it's brother, preach. To- <laughs> it's going to be a revelation for Spurs fans when when Greg Popovich isn't over there. He is the model of consistency. Twenty years of play, uh, twenty two years of playoff appearances. This might be his first one that he's missed. It might be since ninety six potentially, right? But if you move forward without him, which we eventually will, there's going he's going to be a he's at the standard. Whoever whoever follows Popovich is not going to live up to it. And Popovich can't even live up to himself right now because of the standard that he set. But we're not even giving him the time to re to reestablish. Again, I, I said this one time on Spurs Takeover with you guys before: is we are only three seasons removed from the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Three years, and look at how that was and, a lifetime ago, Jonas. It feels like it. It does because, but, but there's been so much turnover, and we're getting ready for even more turnover if this roster does change. Six spots, six six contract spots are up this year. That's half of an NBA roster. So imagine and 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 go back to where we were just a season ago, where we had eight new faces, and what that looked like. And you say that it takes two years to learn the system. This is it, it just needs patience. Whether it's yeah. whether it's setting it up for Becky or whether it's continuing for the next 15 years with Greg Popovich, we need we need a little bit of patience here. And yeah. you see, you, you just have to kind of rely on the track record of Spurs fans and uh, 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 our front office in terms of how they handled this Samari Carroll situation. Was it right? No, but this is the first time we've had a new face in there in terms of Brian Wright in the front office. Again, I question how much how much decision making did he really have? Yeah, but Let me answer some more of these questions. Changed. Us, Briandi, he put on on Periscope. 
which is Twitter, he puts, can Spurs decide if agreed upon amount is taken off this year versus next or third? Uh, it's, it's not really taken off the books. It's going to be hidden us against the cap. You know, so it's going to affect what we can do moving forward as far as going after free agents or retaining uh, any personnel that we have currently on the roster. So it does have an impact. You know, these poor decisions do impact the future of the, the franchise moving forward. Uh, Sergio Lozano says, I think RC saw the writing on the wall and laughed all the way to the bank. <laughs> Paul Garcia says, Joe, are you sure Becky is a good coach? What if she's ass? You know what? He brings up a good question, though. We really don't know that for certain she's going to be a great coach. We can only go by what we see out there on the court, what we see out there in the in the context of a game time situation. And we all know that she has the smarts, the know-how. And I've also seen her warming up with the players in practice before games. She's a great hands-on coach. She's out there, you know, passing the ball. She's out there passing on knowledge. She's kind of a hands-on person out there kind of showing them what to do, what, 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 I guess, things they need to develop as far as their aspects of their game. Same thing goes for Tim Duncan. Timmy loves to be out there on the court with these guys. And it's great to see that when you get to experience it before the game, like I have, you know, when you get there maybe an hour and a half, two hours before tip-off and you get to see some of these things, it's it's an experience. You know, you get to sit back and relax and enjoy what you're seeing out there as far as this youth movement with the San Antonio Spurs and that knowledge. Hey, guys, let me yeah. let me ask you this. Okay, so Jonas, you brought up some really good points a minute ago. I, I, I think, Joe, to your point about Becky, we don't know if she's ready. We did see her, and I know it's, I know it was the Vegas League, but we did see her do some pretty incredible things with that young roster, um, bring home that that uh, the title there in, in, the, in the Vegas Summer League. So we know that she's got some skill. It's just a matter, though, too, is she going to want to take over? And this is back to, Jonas, what, we, what you were talking to and what, what I was alluding to also, is when it comes said and done, you know, what is the future looking like uh, when she does get a chance to take over? Is she going to be invested enough? You said it, too, Joe. You know, does Pop has Pop left this in, in a tailspin to where she's going to look at this and say, you know what, I'd rather take over a team of, you know, pretty substantial you know players that has a chance to be a playoff team versus a, a re, you know a retool or you know i don't I, I agree with you john it's not necessarily a rebuild but you know at the at the rate the money and the decision making is going from the front office lately though it does kind of beg the question of are they all on the same page and so that really becomes my question with becky hammond it's not whether she's got the skill it's not whether she would want to you know, be a head coach. I think she yeah. does. It's, is it going to be with this franchise? Yeah. Some of these uh, comments, Ty Yeager, our good friend, Ty Yeager says, people got to stop freaking out. This is only one season. And then he puts SA right. isn't even close to where the Cavs next Hornets are in terms no. of bottom pit of the league. Uh, Ty also puts hashtag retool team. So they're kind of reloading Jonas is what, what he's kind of right. saying. Retool, not rebuild. But yeah. I, and I, I'll tell you again, not to be the guy standing on the corner with the end of the year is near sign. You're but on your I'm soapbox. Warning. You're getting on the soapbox, Jonas. But I'm warning. It's a warning because as you're alluding to right there, Wesley, does Becky even want to come back? And if and, and no, to answer the to answer the listener's question, we don't know what we're going to get in, in Becky Hammond, but we don't know what we're going to get in any coach. Let's be honest. Yeah. Again, enough. 
there's there has not been change. I'm 28 years old, right? I was what five years old when Greg Popovich took over as head coach. Damn. Holy cow! Am uh, I uh, old or what? Of the Holy San Antonio cow. Spurs. So I was five years old. So in my lifetime, I fit into that 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 section of Spurs fans that don't know really any or can comprehend anything else but winning, right? Uh, of just success or of always being able to contend. But uh, unlike again, just to qualify myself as different from other Spurs fans, I come in from out of state, and my fandom, my my alliances, and my allegiances in other sports go to other teams than most Spurs fans do. And I have seen, and when you get into the questioning of coaches and, and, and the, and you, the just, you never know the inconsistency that it starts to develop. And this is the, the, the why I said the Damari Carroll thing, that this is the best thing they could have done is handled it right now. Just cut ties clean to bring it back to the present day, cut ties clean, let him go his way, and we'll continue our way. And this is the best way to handle a guy like DeMar DeRozan in terms of re-signing him for the future. If you want to go ahead and bring back Bryn Forbes, it's a, it's a way to bring him back and say, hey, we're committed to you. And by committing to him, you're committing to Derek White next year. And you're committing to Lonnie Walker the next year. And you're committing to Quindary Weatherspoon this year. And Keldon in three years. And Luca in three years. It's all rippled down. And trickle down. It happens, and so that's what the precedent needed needed set. And you and this was recognizing that we handled Damari Carroll's situation wrong. You will never hear the, hear the Spurs organization say we were wrong. You will never hear that. I don't this think we'll hear the, any organization come out and is, say that. But this is the close. Well, uh, you've heard teams say we we maybe went about it a different way. Um, I've heard the Browns say they were wrong. I've heard it before. So that's why I'm saying you you will never hear the Spurs say that, though, because the Spurs don't let you know what's really going on at any certain point in time regarding anything. So this is the closest thing. Agreeing to a buyout at this point in the year when you couldn't trade him and, and, and in his first year of a contract, they didn't even try to make it to a second year. This is the first. This is a, this is the way of saying, yeah, we, we made a bad choice, and they're going to live with it. And he's going to go in conference, in division, over to Houston, a team that we played two more times uh, within a week and a half span coming up in April, as we're pushing for fingers crossed, guys, a playoff appearance. So. We're we're one and one right now on this season right now with them. Remember, Lonnie's heroics took over early in December True. to push us past Houston. We were down twenty points. Um, what what happens as we get down to the end of the season uh, is anybody's guess at this point because right now it doesn't look like we're playing for a playoff spot. We're sitting at the tenth seed and pretty securely. So this it, it's just if we think times are are hard now. They can be a lot tougher, and that's that's just that's the only warning I really bring is they can be a lot tougher than they are right now. And like Ty Yeager says, breathe, be patient. This is year one. 
we're not being we're not being shoveled any PR BS like the Sixers fans were in terms of trust the process when they couldn't get it together after four years still, right? Yeah. This is very very uh, in it much so in its infancy. Demar Derozan is only completing his second year. This we're completing year number two without Kawhi Leonard. Like imagine that just for a second. Imagine just two years ago he was a spur. And I and 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 how quickly things change. But when a piece like that leaves your franchise, it does make a, a big impact. And it and and it did. We're we're living with that. Yeah, I want to give a quick patience. shout out to everybody who's giving us these great comments. There's a lot of great stuff here. I'm trying to get to everything I can, but we're 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 under a time constraint because everybody has to wind up going to bed at some point because everybody's got work tomorrow. But shout out to Ty, shout out to Frank Rios Jr., uh, Tim Rodriguez, Michael H., you know, Sergio Lozano, Rudy Campos, shout out to you, my friend. Uh, for every for all your comments, you know, Rudy puts in here, it's still Spurs season, XFL baby. He says, laugh out loud, just kidding, guys, have a great show. And then Tim Rodriguez puts, XFL sucks ass, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tim Rodriguez, man. I like his comments. Uh, he puts, Michael, you're right. It all started with how we handled the Kawhi situation. We handled it like ass. <laughs> and Ty puts on here too. Look at the Knicks, Hornets roster, future money, and then look at SAS. San Antonio Spurs. He goes, you'll feel better. Um, I guess I'll feel better, but I don't. I wouldn't feel better if the Spurs went ahead and re-signed Bryn Forbes. I love me some Bryn Forbes as far as what he's been able to do with the team in the time that he's been here. You know, he's kind of kind of turned into a shooter you know and he's gotten a little better but his defense has never been there his his streaky shooting that's another faux pas you know i really want somebody who's a little bit more consistent and somebody who has more substantial size on them to be able to you know take these impacts and still be able to finish at the rim um bryn forbes he's just an undersized shooting guard and unfortunately i just think that the he needs to go so we can go ahead and get some of these younger players some playing time and start feeding the future. You know, I think that if we keep a Bryn Forbes type of player, that kind of hampers what we're going to do moving forward. And speaking of that, that's going to lead us into our next segue. We had, let's say, DeJounte Murray. He looked good these last two games in the absence of DeMar DeRozan. You know, I, I got to give DeJounte props. You know, Spurs fans were raving about his performance in these last two games before the all-star break DeJounte looked like you know a, a good player he was he was coming into his own he had two great games but I pointed out something when I was on the ticket uh, 760 on Friday morning show and that is was that actually DeJounte coming into his own and having two great games but it was in the absence of DeMar DeRozan and what I'm trying to get to is DeMar DeRozan he's Arguably the best player that we have on this team. He's our star. He's going to demand the ball the next amount of times during the game because Coach Pop believes that if we do it, you know, and give him the, the ball the next amount of times during the game, that that gives the Spurs the best chances to win. You know, he's out there. He does a lot of the iso ball, has a good in-between game as far as knocking down floaters, jumpers, not much of a three-point shooter, but he does a lot of the other things as far as scoring which is what the Spurs need him for. Now, yes, he demands the ball a lot, and Spurs fans have been quick to point out 
DeJounte has had a good game because De- DeMar DeRozan hasn't been with the team because he's been battling these back spasms. So they're saying, well, De- DeMar DeRozan being with the team and being out there is kind of har- hampering the, the progress of these younger players. And I don't know if I really agree with that. I know that, you know, you have these younger players in Derek White and, and DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, all these players get minutes. They've been seeing minutes. But you got to make the most of those minutes. And we can't really, I think it's unfair at times to blame one particular player for, you know, the faux power or the, the lack of consistency for the other players out there on the team, are, you know, specifically the younger generation uh, that I just pointed out. They got to make the most of their minutes and their playing time out there to really, you know, tell Pop, hey, we can do this consistently. And now you're going to have to play us because. We've been consistently putting up putting up these numbers that you're asking and everything else as far as playing defense, going after rebounds, playing hard-nosed, smart basketball. So I'm going to go ahead and pitch that off to you guys. We'll start with you, Wesley. How much of this do you think is actually DeJounte and how much do you think is actually you know, him putting up these types of numbers in the absence of DeMar DeRozan? Oh, Joe and Jonas, you may not like me for saying this, Um I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that DeMar DeRozan is maybe just not a fit for a player like DeJounte Murray. Um, and this is this is my thing, okay? Hear me out before we completely go off on me, okay? Um, think about DeJounte's first year when he was, when, you know, before the injury, right? He had, think about the cast of characters he had around him. Um, he looked effortless at time. He was an all-NBA defender. Uh, he, he just looked more comfortable than you would have thought. Yes, he didn't have the offensive skill set in terms of a jump shot, uh, but I kind of think, to some degree, it's a little bit of both. I, I don't think DeMar DeRozan is a bad player for the Spurs. I think he's a great player. I think he's an, I think he's an all-star. He got slighted, let's be honest. Okay, but, but my take here is simply that DeJounte is the kind of guy who needs to seek out his the players on the court and get them involved. He, he's the kind of guy to drive and slash and pitch the ball out to people that can make three-pointers and that can be involved in, in other facets of the game. But when when you see a guy like uh, DeMar coming up with the ball and holding on to the ball for most of possession, he, I, I can see both ends of that, you know, both sides of that coin. Yet I don't feel like DeMar is something that the Spurs ever would have had their sights on had the deuce not done what he did. Let's be honest. That's he's only here because of that reason, and I think the Spurs did the best that they could do to, to bring in a player of his caliber to be here, and maybe to be somebody they can still build around. Because I honestly do believe they can. So here's my question: I'm not like giving up on DJ. I'm just saying that he's had to adapt his game to be something completely different from what he had to do in his first year before the before the injury, because it is something where he's not able to get the kind of floor spacing that he needs. If if you have slasher slasher both of them are not really known as being three-point shooters they're both basically trying to do similar things DeMar is just a lot farther in his career at doing it no he's not a point guard but he's also not your typical you know three or two or two uh in terms of uh you know what he does for you on the court um do I think that it hurts DeJounte Murray I think it's just the fact that DeJounte is still continuing to grow I think he did have a couple of good games while he's out um, and that remember Tony that, Parker. I always bring that up, Wesley. Remember Tony yeah. Parker in the beginning. Spurs fans hated him. They didn't like any aspect of his game. They right. thought he was out of control. They wanted him gone. 
But lo and behold, after a couple of seasons, he started flourishing. Think the same right. thing can happen with DeJounte. You're right on par. Well, and that's my point here. It's just that I don't feel like either player is going to be bad for each other in the future. And hopefully they can hold on to DeMar. I feel like it's just going to take some more time. I feel like DJ is a lot better than he's shown this year. I think that he's he is the player that has the capability to to be a, a an all star in this league, given some time to to really produce his game a little bit more. But right now he's taking the back seat, and rightfully so, to a true all star. That's my take. Okay, and what about you, Jonas? Go ahead and give us your take. Well, I think that kind of falls for the most part in line with Wesley's. Uh, the way I look at Kind of to, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, imagine Dejounte and Kawhi on the court at the same time. Kawhi still needs the ball too, right? And 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 they played together. And and at that time, you know, Dejounte's points averages was like eight and ten, but we excused it because uh, he was early in his career, and now he's he's got a big contract and with big contracts come expectations and. Um, the fact that we we kind of built him up all last year without him to be he's the missing link he's our franchise player. This was of course before we drafted Luka Shamanich and Kelvin Johnson. Um, Lonnie Walker was still just developing, so uh, Dejounte was kind of the, the at that point the the hope for the future. And I think that for the most part, Spurs fans have allowed him to fall to the wayside just because he's not immediately what they want him to be coming off of an ACL tear. Um, a lot of it just comes down to, guys, what I've said before with the Spurs takeover, it, it, uh, when we do that after games, is he, like the rest of the team, he's just in, he's consistently inconsistent. Look at the last two games. Without DeMar DeRozan, uh, DeJounte was 9 for 12. Uh, against OKC for 25 points. He hit all of his free throws. Awesome. One for one from three-point range. He was five for 11 against Denver. 14 points. Uh, one for two from, from three-point range. Uh, and and you just look up and down. He, he's consistently shooting around, uh, averaging out to about 48%, just under 50. But that's all season. You can go back through the box scores before. Um, go back to the beginning of the season. And, and he really came out on a tear. And that was because and, – and and everybody was really hyped for it, right, except for Pop. Coach Popovich was pissed. He kept giving – he kept giving DeJounte the look. Um, but at the same time, too, you know, think about – think back to that time of the year, he was turning the ball over more just because – and when we talked about it back then, he was trying to do too much. So now we're talking – now we're asking him to do more. So we don't want him to do too much. And then we think he's doing too little. And it's and but just think of just I guess you have to think of context, right? The wins and the losses, the, those games that came down to three points and five points and ten points that could have gone our way, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if those games had gone just a little bit differently. If the box had been a little flipped, whether it was Dante's production or not. Demar, he he needs another star to help carry that load, and I and I don't think that he's constantly deferring because he definitely gets his own opportunities out there. To your point, Joe, it's it's what is he doing with those opportunities? Not a whole lot, and and to that point, Derek White's not doing a lot with his opportunities this year either, which is why we were leaning on and and pop 
is taking a lot of flack for leaning on his veterans this season. But that's kind of what he's had to do to keep this season competitive at the same time. Again, like, you can ride the youth movement. Sure, go for it. But you're going to end up with a 500 average, too, like they have up the road in Austin. And that's against G League talent. With three draft, three rookie draft picks from this year, Chemezi Metu in some action, Drew Eubanks in some action, and they're just pulling 500 in the G League. Imagine what that would look like at the NBA level. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the G League, I think Keldon Johnson might be showing us something next season. I think that dude's ready, man. I mean, maybe, but again, he runs into the same conundrum that. DeJounte ran into before, and Lonnie's ran into this season. You have to have the minutes, right? He's another 2-3 guard, a a small forward or a shooting guard. That's his natural fit. So how is he going to fit in there when you've got to give minutes to Lonnie? You've got to give minutes to DeJounte. You've got to give minutes to Derek. You've still got Patty under contract, so he's going to play. It's... An interesting situation to be stuck at because you're trying to balance giving minutes to the youth while guiding them along and mentoring them. I, I, I'm glad we have DeMar DeRozan yeah. because he's taught Lonnie how to. Oh, we lost Jonas. <laughs> there he is. No, Jonas came back. Okay. You're back. <laughs> Thank you. He's taught he's taught Lonnie how to be a more prolific slasher. And Lonnie already has the defensive energy, right? Yeah. So that's where DeMar DeRozan is super valuable. And maybe maybe he does. Let's buy into him. Maybe he is pulling away from DeJounte. But two years from now, who do you think is going to be more valuable to this team? DeJounte Murray or Lonnie Walker the fourth? Yeah, it's that- a question. That's a it's good a question that we've got to consider, and 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 Kelvin Johnson at that to that same point too plays Luke the same Osamish. position. It plays the same position that that uh, Demar Derozan does. So in the minutes that he's gotten to be up there with the NBA level, how much has he learned from Demar? So when you look at yes, it impacts, but these guys are being brought along. They're being taught. You're not te- you're not giving a 16 year old uh, the keys to to a Ferrari. Right, you're 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 starting them off in the Camry, and you're taking them out for driving lessons, <laughs> and then and then you take them out for rides in the Ferrari to get them ready for it, and you're instructing them. This is this is all teaching, guys. It's all this is right now. The Spurs system changed because the because the core of it left, and we have to accept the fact that those numbers are now hanging in the rafters. All three of them, twenty one. Nine and twenty. Twenty. Yeah. They're they're hanging in the in the rafters right now, and that was twenty years of development. Twenty years, but even Tim Duncan yeah. didn't. Tim Duncan didn't bring this franchise along on his own, right? Yeah, but it just seems kind of odd to me that we're retiring the big threes jerseys so quickly, <clears throat> and now we hear word that we have like you know the the San Antonio <clears throat> Rampage being sold to Vegas. We had. The Silver Star is being sold to Vegas. You know, um, this is kind of t- kind of off topic, but, you know, with the retiring of these jerseys as quickly as the Spurs organization has done, one of the things is Spurs fans, because the team is having a bad season, 
doesn't mean that you should stop supporting them. You need to go in there and you need to fill those seats over at the AT&T Center if you want this team to stay here. Because I think there's, yep. some of this stuff is being sold because the Spurs are starting to bleed. They're starting to get in the red and they're they're having to sell off assets to keep this franchise afloat. And they well, need the, the support of the of the fans, you know? Let's be honest. Spurs, Spurs Sports and Entertainment, anytime they're going to get their hands on something, it's they're going to keep it down a little bit. And, and I don't mean to su- suggest that they're purposely trying to make things flop. I mean, I don't think that at all. But, you know, you talk about a Gordon Hartman who took on the opportunity to bring in, uh, you know, soccer here with the expansion idea to expand that stadium to be MLS ready. And, you know, there's, you know, and I, and I hope that San Antonio FC can, continues to grow and become better. But That's another one. On you, a, you better go and see that role. while you can because this might be their last season too. If you yep. all don't go and support. And, and that's my point is that, you know, you have certain things that the Spurs kind of need to keep their hands off of. And I, and I kind of feel like that's maybe part of the problem is, uh, you know, the Spurs, I think, are OK. I think they're safe. And the fans, you're right, need to go out and watch the games. But the, with, you know, Andy Everett made this point today on the radio, uh, HEB and Valero and some of the other corporations that are here, they would be losing a lot more dollars than than people could ever imagine being like, um, part owners and, and having some shares into the into the Spurs. I don't think they're going to let that team walk. Um, if anything, you will just see the Spurs become even more solidified as the only franchise in this town, which I certainly don't want, and I know y'all don't want that either. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and start getting into our last topic here. But before we do, I'm going to read some of these comments here. I'm going to get to a couple. Uh, Michael H. says, number one, Lakers, LBJ, number two, Nuggets, and Jokovic. Okay. Uh, I think DeMar walks. He, uh, this is what Sergio Lozano says from Facebook. I think DeMar walks. He isn't one that likes to lose and will go somewhere. He can win. And, you know, he likes to win. Basically, he wants to go with the winning culture is what uh, Sergio Lozano is saying. Vince 4239 says about DeMar. He goes, he is not going to sign a short-term deal as it, this would be his last max contract. Good point. You know, but DeMar is an aging former NBA All-Star. So you have that as well. What team is really going to want to offer him a max contract? You know, the Spurs, I don't think they really can offer him a max contract. They could. But then again, you know, you have to shuffle some things around to be able to offer something substantial, you know, to DeMar DeRozan uh, to keep him. But I really think that the Spurs' best offer would probably be, be a, a, thir- a three-year option, you know, or three years with that third year being an option. Uh, Paul Garcia says, hey, Joe, you see the Spurs are number one in local ratings and the NBA says, wow, our city is loyal to an ass team. <laughs> Actually, the, the ratings <laughs> have declined a little bit because the Spurs aren't winning, but they're still not as bad as they could be. So the fan base is still there. The The fans are still supporting the team and still watching the games. I just say we need to get them to the AT&T Center and, and support the team, whether they're winning or losing. That's just me. Uh, and Vince 4239 says, come on, DJ started shooting 23% from three at the beginning of the season, and now he's shooting 38%. He's improved, Jonas. So th- there's that. It says, Michael H. says, one superstar makes a big difference, replaced DeRozan with Kawhi, and we're at least in the top of the w- of the West right now. That That's true. You need a, a bona fide well- superstar. You're swapping out a superstar or or an all-star rather for a superstar, yeah. right? DeMar DeRozan is an all-star. He's not a superstar. 
he he he's made the All Star uh, team I think about four times in his ten year career. Um, he is an All Star. He's not a superstar. Um, superstars are hard to come by. They, that's just reality, right? There's like four of them in the NBA right now. Like four, maybe five. No. Legit, legit, legit. Like put them on any franchise. They're taking and they over can the turn game. Around superstars, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. But. That we have an opportunity again to really develop a a, a, a team of all stars of great players well, um, with our draft picks is what it what we're doing it with. Yes. Well, draft yeah, draft picks is really and, and and that's where again think of the Spurs Foundation, right? And 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 one of the reasons why I focus on in on this guys is because we're talking about uh you know we're here in the comments uh, Spurs fans are supporting an ass team. Uh, this is the worst team in 20 years, stuff like that. Okay, but you spent the last 15 years approximately attacking the younger foundation of this fan base that hasn't known anything else but winning. So now that we're showing up and supporting a losing team, now now you're attacking the younger the younger section of that fan base uh, for for now supporting it. That makes no sense. This this is our moment to be here. And and that's why you keep supporting this team. That's why you keep going to the games. That's why you keep watching the games. That's why you keep buying the merch. Is because you you get to have that moment, just like just like you guys. You were there when, right? You were there to watch the turn. You were there through the hard days. I've heard the stories, right? Yep. Everybody was there through the heartbreak, through 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 not making playoff appearances, through never being able to contend, through not being able to bring anybody in town. You weren't a real one unless you watched the games in the Hemisphere Arena. Yep. With the obstructed well, <laughs> view. With the obstructed <laughs> view looking behind the pillar and on the other side Alvin of the pillar. Robertson. That two words. That but, two words. That's suffering in a in a nutshell. Alvin Robertson. Okay. Enough. But some of us are too young <laughs> to have that. So we are yeah. real one. Right? right. And and now we're going through ours. Right. And and this is where we need to stick with it even more than ever. Um, and be there because we you want to say I stuck with my team through the thick and the thin, right? You're not just a bandwagon championship fan, right? That, that's that's what it comes down to. And so yes, these are hard times, y'all. But it's turning around. I know Dejounte is getting better. Sure, he's hitting the three point range better from the three point range better than he was at the beginning of the season. But so again, then again, so is Lamarcus Aldridge. So if you want to bring that up, okay, yes, the team as a whole is shooting better because they're finding their rhythm better. Pop stopped playing with the lineups a lot more. Um, he's he's got a rather consistent starting five. Um, it. I keep saying it, patience, 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 patience. We need to cue that music from Guns and Roses. All we need is a little patience. <laughs> A little patience. And, and, and yeah. DeMar, DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan is a star, right? To get back to it, DeMar DeRozan is a star. He's not a superstar. We have other players on this roster to build around. And if you keep chasing superstars, we're going to chase away our own homegrown stars. Lonnie Walker eventually is going to want his own team. Are you going to hand him the keys to the Spurs? Or are you going to, are you going to keep bringing in? Because we did that. Right. Think of, again. Look fast. Uh, rewind four years ago, five years ago. Right as we should have been getting ready to hand the keys over to Kawhi Leonard. What do we do? We brought in Lamarcus Aldridge. 
changed the dynamic of the team. And they brought right? in your 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 spirit animal, Yakaportal, Blaka Portal. Well, Yakaportal came in a couple years ago only because of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Right. Uh, we've also got Keldon Johnson from that Kawhi Leonard trade, and again, the mentor that Demar Derozan has been to Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson. That's my opinion on him. So, uh, yes, good things came from it, but don't repeat history. Focus on your homegrown. That's what we just got done bashing the system for not doing for the last five years is they let their own walk out the door, a superstar that we created, who took five seasons to create, by the way. He wasn't an overnight success. He It took time and time and time, mm-hmm. and we, we watched him progressively develop over a couple years, right? So, yeah. again, go ahead, Q Guns and Roses. Patience with DeJounte Murray. Patience with Lonnie Walker next year. Patience with Derek White. This is a retool, not a rebuild. I'm going to go ahead and answer this question from uh, our one of our viewers, Tim Rodriguez, on YouTube. He goes, Joe, who is even the owner for us? I know Peter Holt stepped down. And he said, what if they get a lot of money and they sell to Vegas or something? Then we have no sports. That would suck ass. That would be devastating to the city of San Antonio if the Spurs up and left. And to answer your question, uh, once Peter Holt stepped down, the organization is now run by Miss Holt and his children. You know, the Holt children as well. So that's who's running the Spurs organization right now. Um, so to answer your question, Michael H. And says, CEO R.C. Buford. Yeah, yep. CEO R.C. Buford as well. Uh, Michael H. says, Lonnie Walker getting his own team. Lonnie isn't even a star. Why would he get his own team? <laughs> oh, come on. Go back, yeah. go back to the second year of Kawhi's career, and he Thank wasn't you. a star either. So you, you again, you've got to be patient. He was on a he was on a team with other stars. Three of those players that he played with have numbers hanging in the rafters. That there's, yeah, let, there's nothing else to that. Let's let there's Wesley interject here. Let, let me add this, guys, because uh, you know in the history of, of the NBA, we've seen a culture shift in the past, you know, three, four, five, six years, where the super team has become the more the more glorified thing. You have guys teaming up and all that kind of stuff. But I'm here to tell you, one thing that will never go out of style is planning and producing your team out of the draft. Because super teams will come and go. But you know what's not going to? Drafting well. And if you, if you, to Jonas's point, if you grow your talent and you can keep your talent, that's the big part of that. If you can keep them like they did with the big three, like they did with David Robinson, like they did with Sean Elliott, if you get a chance to keep your talent and, and work them together, you're always going to have outlived uh, any other super team. Even the great, and, and rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. You know, the Lakers brought in free agent after free agent after free agent, and they did win some titles, but they also had some lean years. And that just comes to show you that when you do that kind of thing, it's hit or miss. What the Spurs yeah. are doing right now is not hit or miss. It just takes a little bit more time. A little bit of patience. Here we go with the Guns N' Roses song. Cue the Guns N' Roses song again. That, that, that high squealy voice, that high pitched <laughs> voice, any little patience, you know, that nasally voice is what it was. Yeah, so there we go with that. But getting into our last uh, topic here is the Spurs' record right now in the rodeo road trip. They are one in five on the rodeo road trip. They got two games left. They got a game coming up on Friday at eight o'clock against the Utah Jazz, which are doing really well. Then to follow that up, they're gonna play the Oklahoma City Thunder on Sunday. That's an early game at 6 p.m. 
So I, was, I think it's safe to say that this rodeo road trip isn't really going to end well for the team. I don't know if they're going to be able to to beat the Jazz. I'd be surprised if they do, but I, I think they're going to wind up winning one of the two, or a good possibility is they can lose both games, come in with the same exact record as last season, having only won one game on the rodeo road trip. Um, the Spurs really needed to have a good rodeo road trip, at least to go ahead and split and go 500 to give themselves a chance at a playoff spot. At this juncture, I think it's safe to say those playoff dreams are over. There's still a slight possibility, yes, but the math isn't working in their favor. You know, they would have to win an exuberant amount of games to finish the season in order to go ahead and solidify that eighth and final spot in the West. I don't really see that happening, you know, and I'm being realistic here. So we have that going ahead and uh, telling you all those facts right now. What are you thinking, Wesley? What do you think? Do you think the Spurs are still going to, you know, keep their playoff hopes alive, even though they had a slide on this rodeo road trip? Or do you think, you know, it's pretty much, it is what it is, and they're going to miss the playoffs? If you had told me the other day it was going to be 80 degrees and then snow the next night, I would have told you you were crazy. So crazy does happen from time to time. I just don't think it's in the cards necessarily for the Spurs this year. I'm not ready to give up on them. I, you know, people can say this is an ass team and everything about it, but the fact of the matter is this team is playing hard. So you're going to go down with the ship. You're going to be that captain of the Titanic right. holding on to that, that freaking wheel as the ship's going down. Yeah. Cause listen, I mean, what, what do you, what do you gain by not trying to, to continue to stand behind your team and to, you know, pop pops mentality has never been to, uh, you know, to, you know, try to tank and, and, you know, to quote a Mike Taylor, you know, winners get to do what they want. You know, I, I really, truly believe that this is Pavic's team. And yeah, he needs to sit Marco's dumb butt down and not play him anymore. But at the same token, you know, you have to see if you can get these guys to right the ship at least a little bit. And even if they don't make the playoffs, if this team somehow managed to finish somewhere near 500 by the end of the season, it's probably not going to happen, but that would be quite a feat. Um, I would say on the rest of the rodeo road trip, they're going to win one of two. I've, I've said all along, I thought they'd go two and six. Yeah. I think that's realistic. And down the stretch, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. I think we probably end up about 10 or 11 in the West and probably end up with about the 13th seed in the uh, upcoming lottery. But, uh, you know, with 13th pick, I should say. But, you know, ultimately, I, I, I want this team to continue to grow. Yeah, things are getting heated here in the chat. Uh, Tim Rodriguez says Jaeger's being an ass with the comments. You boys play nice now. Let's all be nice. <laughs> Let's love one another. I don't want to have another repeat of what happened the other day. You know, what is semi-pro? <laughs> everybody love everybody. Is that the deal? Everybody yeah, man. We we all need to be respectful here. Come on, let's 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 be nice and play nice here in the chat, man. It's just it's just basketball, man. It's you know it, it's not that serious. <laughs> all right, Jonas. So you heard Wesley's take. You heard my take. So let's go ahead and get your last take here. Uh, before we end the show, what do you think? Spurs making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, and do you even care? Well, Joe, um, you presented two possible options for ending this rodeo road trip. I know you, you Jonas. They, I know you, you said, brother. You said they could split it, or you said they could lose both, but you forgot one other one. What if they win the final two? Oh, Lord. I knew you were going to go there. Okay, so... 
I know your question, can we beat the Jazz? Well, to answer that question, we just did less than 30 days ago on the 29th of January. We beat the Jazz, right? But can it, they it beat happened. them twice? Can they beat them twice? That's the question. Well, well that's, that's a question. But the, the, the fact remains, we beat them once, which means that We beat OKC is, once, too, but we got right. them again. Which means that it is doable is my only point. So, yes, we can go 2-0 and to finish this rodeo road trip. Finishing what three and, three five, and five, therefore with a better record than last season. That's one under the hope of just splitting it. Um, again, you can walk out away from the rodeo road trip knowing that you took the Clippers all the way down to the wire, and by the wire I mean like the start of the fourth quarter because that's where we stopped playing basketball games. Um, you played well against the Lakers for two and a half quarters. Uh, these are things you can hang your hat on. Right. Yeah. Not to mention just before the rodeo road trip, you went ahead and you beat some of the top teams in the East to bring you into the new year. So you're coming back. Thank God we didn't, you know, take go go into the break off of another loss because you can hopefully go ahead and build a little momentum. Um, I don't know what guys did on their time away during the All-Star break activities, but I hope they went home, slept in their own bed and just refocus because it's back to the hotel mattresses for um, another week or so yet. Uh, well, yeah, about a week and uh, it can be done. I I'm still here. Wesley, we need, we need you to help direct the orchestra as we go down with the ship this year, because it might happen. It might happen. Uh, the season's not lost mathematically until we are mathematically eliminated. I will always have hope. Is it an uphill battle? You bet your ass it is, right? But this is where, especially with a young team, because there is a lot of youth. For all the veteran play that we get, there is a lot of youth on this team. And this is their opportunity to show some resilience and to really kind of drill home. One of the best things for this franchise could be if we miss the playoffs. Because it it solidifies to the guys wearing the jersey and to fans throughout the city and around the world that just because you're the San Antonio Spurs doesn't entitle you to the playoffs, doesn't entitle you to anything. It almost seems like, you know, look at the lackluster play the last couple seasons, and it's like those guys are, are resting on the laurels of the name across their chest rather than trying to build up the name that's across the back between their shoulders um, and, and earn their and earn, make their own point in history. Why isn't DeJounte really pushing to, to, to have number five retired? In I'll 15? tell you what, Jonas. The Spurs making the playoffs this year, as Michael H. has alluded to, would be nothing short of a miracle, just like the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs this season, upcoming season. It would be nothing short of a miracle. I but they can happen. That. I think I, the Browns got a better shot. I, miracles here, can happen. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily call it a miracle either, because let's again, expectations. Expectations are a, are are huge, right? That's a big. That's a big part of sports as to whether we deem a season a loss or a success, right? You know, and I'm only going there because y'all brought it up. Oh, okay, Lord. get your popcorn, <laughs> so, Wesley. I'm ready. <laughs> so, Got it. The only reason why we want to 
you know, we, we want to make a joke about the Browns not making the playoffs. Don't forget, they were expected to win their division this last year by analysts across sports. Well, maybe and if Odell Beckham wasn't wearing that, what, $500,000 watch, they could have won some more games, Wesley. I'm, I'm not here. Or they I'm had not, Patrick Mahomes instead of Baker Mayfield. But true, I'm not, I'm not here to get into a breakdown the Browns season. All I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm saying is expectations are, are a, a kind of set. You know, set our mood for it. So yes, you can, you can, you can, you can dump on my Browns for missing the playoffs, but don't forget they were expected to make the playoffs. So therefore, it makes not missing the playoffs that much more shitty, right? It happens. I blame. I blame Baker. But, you, I'm, I'm not going, not going there, not going there. But we expected the Spurs to make the playoffs this year. A lot of us did. A lot of us expected the Spurs to make a top, uh, a, a top half of the conference in terms of you know the, in terms of the seeds. So hopefully a four, maybe a five. Anything had to have been better than the seven last year without Dejounte Murray, right? We've got Lonnie Walker coming up. We've got Derek White and Dejounte Murray. They're going to run the backcourt. Those are the expectations coming into the season. So while miracles can happen, yes, there's also the opportunity still to live up to expectations. And the expectation is that the Spurs are a more complete franchise uh, through and through. The expectations is that coach that, that Coach Popovich can guide this team, can turn it around, be the Hall of Fame coach that we all know he is, and get these guys on the same page, finish strong, just like they did last year, right? Last year, with two weeks to go, we were sitting, we could have gone, you know, to the tenth seed, or we could have gone to the fourth seed. That's just the way the West was last year. The West is, has kind of separated a little bit more this season, especially from the bottom of the barrel. But there's still the opportunity. While it might take a miracle to happen, miracles do happen. They do, and and this is one of those ones that can. It really can. We're coming off the rodeo road trip. What's the benefit of coming off the rodeo road trip? It means you get more home games. No, it means that you you get to come home and you smell that cow shit over in the AT and T center. <laughs> sure, it still <laughs> smells. It still smells like like uh, you know cow and horse manure when you walk in there, dude. Right, but I mean, and, and that's and that's fine. But as long as they're coming back, and you have an opportunity to refocus on what this season is about. So, is it a long stretch? Sure. Like I said, Wesley struck up the band because I'm ready to play with this with this ship until it goes down. But uh, that's just because that's the kind of fan that I am in terms of supporting my team, mm-hmm. right? Even realistically, and and I and and I think that it, again, history just shows a betting man is not going to bet against the Spurs. I'd bet I'd bet that Sacramento falters down the stretch with their young roster and their first year head coach, uh, you know, the first time head coach with them, Luke Walton, uh, down the stretch. And, and we can overcome them like we did last year at this point in the season. I would I would bet that any any of those things happen, that Portland falters behind. And and, and especially, I mean, Dame Lillard's got a, what, an ankle issue. How is that going to affect their season? So uh, coming, coming out of the All-Star break, obviously, you got to rest it up. But there's all these other things. And, 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 there's still hope. There's yeah. still hope. So, Karen so Blanco Joe, brings up a good I'm question. She brings up a good question. She puts, even if the Spurs make uh, make the playoffs, she goes, they're going to get their asses kicked by the Lakers. That's true enough. Even if they were to make the playoffs, they limp in and they can become the eighth seed. 
we know they're going to get blasted by the number one seed in the West. You know, it's it's just the nature of the beast. It's just the Spurs don't have the personnel in place to compete at that high of a level. They can't. They don't even have the personnel in place right now to keep them above 500. They're below 500. It's because they've just been inconsistent all season. But to that point, even if you get your ass blasted by the Lakers, it's kind of the, it's it's kind of sits in the same boat as missing the playoffs altogether. It teaches you a lesson. Last year we took uh we took what I think we were against Denver, Denver. to seven games, right? <clears throat> so there was hope, there was an expectation. I mean, at one point we were up in that series, I think two zero, maybe even yeah yeah two zero, and to start the se- to start the series, so. Um, there was an expectation to go ahead and make it to the next round, but this is a different year. And 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 to to use one of my favorite quotes from a guy I used to work with, Calvin Casey. These guys got to eat some cheese. And this is the new. <laughs> this, is, these are, this is the new team yet, right? Lonnie hasn't gotten to eat his because he hasn't been there. Um, Dejounte. Didn't have to go through. I mean, yes, he was on the bench for all of it, but he didn't play through and get to impact last year and 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 have that loss sit on his shoulders. DeMar DeRozan seems more checked in this year than he was last year because obviously the emotions that go into what happened to bring him to San Antonio in the first place last year. These guys can own that a little bit more. They've got to eat their cheese a little bit, again, to steal that quote to steal the phrase, and it could help them really gel moving forward, but playoff experience is invaluable. It's invaluable. Go ahead, go ahead, Wesley. Okay, here's my proposition, guys. We need to look at the we need to look at the remaining games. We need to pick the remaining games. Like literally, we need to fill it out, have hard copies of what we think they're gonna finish. Closest to record we buy that person, whoever that person is, gets their the sixer of their choice of whatever brew that they want. I think Ooh. we need to just we just need to make a just see, okay, what after the rodeo road trip is over, post rodeo road trip, let's break down the rest of the remaining games and see what we really feel the record's gonna be. Closest to the record, uh, most accurate to the record, gets the sixer of their favorite choice. I can Why? tell you right now, I believe there's twenty games left on the season. And right now the math isn't in the Spurs favor because I believe out of these 20 games, they can only afford, I believe now it's either eight or seven more losses on the season. If they lose any more than that, they're not going to get to 43 wins. That doesn't mean we can't do a pick them, though. That's what I'm and, saying. And, <laughs> I, and I, don't, I don't know why we have to wait until the end of the rodeo road trip. We've still got four days to get our, our picks in. No, we'll this get our pick in. We'll get our pick in. Let's, all right, this is a thing. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll have to go ahead and include uh, Ben and also Steven. So oh, we'll yeah, go ahead yeah. and... We'll oh, get yeah. our pickums in, and we'll go ahead and reveal them uh, when we do our show again uh, on Friday when the Spurs play the Jazz. We'll see who's available to jump on and and do the Spurs takeover. So we'll reveal our, our pickums then. There you go. I'm in for it, guys. Yep. Get yep. get ready to buy me a six pack because we're <laughs> going. What do you know? All, all I can all I can afford is some Frio beer or some Natty Light. <laughs> well, I, I'm the I'm the old guy of the crew. I might have to buy me some Insurer. I don't know. Oh man! <laughs> if somebody comes in here and says some trash beer, you know, like "Oh, just buy me a Bud Light," I don't know you, man. Who are you? <laughs> Nobody drinks no Bud Light, man. I like. Not I what like, somebody else is paying. 
You're gonna drink I, Bud Light if somebody else is paying. I'll be like, mm. no, 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 no. It's always yeah, it's yeah. All, it's all about Negro Modelo, guys. Negro Modelo. I like right? Modelo, yeah, dude. Yeah. Modelo, some good stuff. But I also like a milk stout, and I like me a porter. Busted Sandal makes a mean yeah. porter. Left oh, Hand yeah. Brewing Company. They make a bad, really good, really good milk stout. That stuff now, is great, man. When somebody else is paying, I drink the good stuff. But if I'm paying, <laughs> yeah, I'll drink Bud Light all day. I'll drink but, some uh, Stella. But, but, I'll have somebody buy me a six-pack of some else. Stella Artois, and I'll drink that with the pinky up, like we always yeah, uh, joke with Clint Proctor about, you know? So there you go. <laughs> Pinky's up. He's always telling me Pinky's up because he's a Texas Tech alumni. Go Tech. Wreck him. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. So thank you guys for tuning in and watching. We appreciate everybody who commented and took the time to watch our live stream tonight. And also we're yeah. going to have the replay of this exact live stream as an audio portion of our podcast, which we're going to go ahead and put up uh, probably sometime tonight or early, early tomorrow morning. It'll be up there for the replay, so you all can go ahead and uh, check that out at our website at twoshotspodcast.com. But before we go ahead and end this, can, where can the people reach you, Jonas, on social media? At Jark Clonus on Twitter, J-A-R-K-C-L-O-N-A-S. Um, yeah, if you guys want to talk more shit about my Browns, uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> I, I don't let those, I don't let those mentions just go in the, to the wayside. I will argue that you them all day. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna defend Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come, oh, come man. at me there. Uh, his heart's Jark not Clonus. in the game anymore, Jonas. Joe, if you want to hash it out, hit me up on Twitter at JarClonus, okay? At JarClonus, if you want to hash it out. But um, also, guys, uh, I do a lot of coverage for the Austin Spurs with Project Spurs Network. Um, I've got a new piece, like I said earlier, coming out tomorrow on Drew Eubanks. As we kind of look at this, the the end of the season, um, a lot of decisions to be made, like we're kind of talking about here, right? Uh, DeMar DeRozan, that one's up to him. Uh, but Bryn Forbes is a free agent. Um, Damari Carroll and, and and how that's going to impact the free agent market. But but Drew Eubanks, he's wrapping up his two-way contract, his two-year two-way contract with the Spurs. Um, at this point, a decision needs to be made on him. All right. So as as we come down the stretch and you're making your pick them for uh, how they're going to finish, uh, do we start playing some of the youth uh, and, and bringing them up and, and giving them some run? And I think that he's one of those guys you can read in the article tomorrow uh, that really deserves some of those minutes because we need to make a decision on him. I don't think we've had the opportunity to make an accurate decision. He's six foot nine. Is he a center? Is he a power forward in the NBA? Um, being a role playing center uh, at, for small ball, is that worth investing money into when, as you allude to, uh, Wes, we've got money wrapped up in just dead cap hits? So uh, and we've got investments to make for the future. So I'm making the case, uh, kind of digging into uh, whether we should hold on to Drew Eubanks and what his future looks like. So check out that tomorrow on Project Spurs. Follow at Project Spurs on Twitter uh, or at Jart Clonus on Twitter, and I'll share as soon as the story comes out. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure we retweet that and share that on social media for you, Jonas and Wesley. Where can they reach you on social media, sir? Uh, Wesley Perkins on Facebook, uh, at Wesley Perk on Twitter. Um, just like to point out that my beloved Red Raider baseball team, fresh off of a sweep of their games of the weekend, outscoring their opponents 65 to 10. I'd just like to say that again, 65 to 10. 
They are now ranked number one in the nation. Thank you very much. Guns up, wreck them. Um, but yeah, talk a little bit about that. Lots of stuff with the Spurs. And of course, uh, you know, just like to look ahead at what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's not too far up the road that we're going to start talking about, um, you know, NFL doings and draft and all that kind of stuff here soon enough. And it's a fun time of the year, kind of starting to get ready for playoffs, even if the Spurs aren't or are, are going to be a part yeah. of it, whether they do or don't. So I'm getting ready for some March Madness. We got to start a, you yeah. know, our, our little, you know, thing going on for March Madness here pretty soon as well. So hey, as a Red Raider, I got to say, dude, Baylor Bears number one in the nation. Good lord! I mean, I'm got to give props. God dang, you know, yeah. no, hardly anybody's talking about it, man. The Baylor Bears. That's and a, a pretty year, amazing story. And a year that the number ones have been falling. They've been holding pretty true for yep. uh, what going on about four weeks now. I yep. want to say, yeah. Yep, yep. I picked the winner last year for the NCAA, you know, tourney over there in the March Madness. I got Ooh. out of there and I was still intact, you know, and I had my my bracket was kind of busted in the beginning, but made a triumphant return, and you know, I was able to pick that winner. So I won that bracket last year with Rudy Campos Jr. and his Sweep the League podcast. So we're gonna have to do something for ours, and I'll go ahead and probably do a, you know, my picks for for the March Madness for Rudy as well and his thing that he's got nice. going on. Cool. It's gonna be fun, man. We'll, we'll have to give some prizes or something away. We gotta get some stuff lined up, even for the pickums. I want the fans getting involved too. So yeah, I gotta hit up it. one of my buddies and see what we can do as far as maybe giving away some Spurs autograph merch, you know, to to some of the fans. That's gonna be fun. So we'll go ahead and end this podcast. And the the fans, if you want to get in, you know, talk with me and get into it about Spurs basketball or anything else, you can reach me at Two Shots Podcast, and it's all spelled out: T W O S H O T S Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you can watch the replay of this live stream as long uh, as well as the Spurs takeover. So for Jonas Clark and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia, and thank you for watching and listening to another episode of the Spurs of the Spurs takeover of the Two Shots podcast. So without further ado, like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.